99% of people in our culture, in our Western society, they're in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. I would say 1% is in the church, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's unrealistic that the 1% would be the ones that evangelize the whole world, right? (laughs) It's actually your responsibility as a believer, and the Bible supports this greatly, that you would go out into your sphere of influence, you would go out into the marketplace, quote-unquote, your workplace, your occupation, your job, whatever Mm. it is, wherever you are that you're spending that amount of time, whether it's 40 hours a week or less or even more, you're spending that time, you're investing your time there. And guess what? If you're a believer, man, you're called to change those systems. Hello and welcome back to another World Changing Wednesday here at the World Changers Podcast. I am just so grateful every time that you take the time to listen, to tune in, to subscribe. Um, And uh, on this journey of really changing the world. And uh, thank you so, so very much to all those that are out there um, and are sharing. Um, Special shout out to the internationals those out there listening from canada brazil south korea um the united kingdom i am just so uh, grateful for all those that are out there and uh, knowing that uh, wherever you are in the world uh, north south east or west you are doing your due diligence in really partnering with god in changing the world and so uh today i have just um such a wonderful wonderful um episode for you all uh in season two as i mentioned before we are talking about influence we're talking about impact in both the church and culture and today we're going to take a special focus in a uh the look and really influencing and impacting uh culture specifically through business all right so all those out there that are um on the journey of business or starting out um in launching out business uh this is for you and i want to encourage you to share this with your friends and uh, your community because i am confident that there's going to be something that's going to be said that's really going to help enable and empower you to change the world and so i'm really really excited because uh i have a dear friend um and brother who is with me and uh, he is someone that i highly honor and highly revere not only as a peer but as someone who i have just uh given access to have influence in my life um he would not say it so i'll say it for him but he has such a great spirit of generosity and of of love and is someone that just really operates in a true kingdom love who really um is committed to say lord all that i have all that i am belongs to you in any way that i can best service you and the kingdom of god i'm willing to do just that so um he didn't expect me to say all this stuff but (laughs) but i'm saying it because i really do appreciate and honor him and uh, i'm not going to say too much more about him because i definitely want him to introduce himself ladies and gentlemen uh man kyle you're awesome. Kyle Whitmire, bro. So glad you're here, man. Thank you for joining us in the World Changers Podcast. How you doing? Absolutely, man. I'm doing great. It's really great to be here with you, man. Thank you so much. It's an honor that you would choose me to be on the World Changers Podcast. So I just want to say to you that I appreciate it. Wow, what an introduction. Yeah. Obviously, you don't have to say those things about me, man, but... Uh, I do appreciate it, and it's an honor, and it's always uplifting. So I appreciate you, man. Absolutely, as a true Calvinist, you know it's my responsibility <laughs> to choose you. <laughs> oh man, we're going there, huh? We were, we're, going... pre- we were predestined for this <laughs> yeah. moment. <laughs> you had no choice in whatsoever. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, no, it's it's an honor. So Kyle, introduce yourself, man. Tell us a little bit of, of who you are and um, what what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well. Obviously, as you've said, my name is Kyle, Kyle Whitmire. I was born and raised in Greenville, South Carolina. I moved here 10 years ago when I was 21 years old, here being South Florida, specifically West Palm Beach. I felt like the Lord called me out 
and told me to move here with no promise, no reason. I really had no idea why I was coming here other than that I had a very strong word to go to West Palm Beach, Florida. So I packed my bags and I left. My whole family and my friend group, everyone said that I was crazy, but I knew what I had to do. So I did that. Ten years later, I am on the leadership team and the teaching speaking team for the Harbor Church, which is in Pompano Beach, Florida. I am one of the co-founders of a thriving ministry. Thriving ministry, (laughs) let me add to that. Yeah, thriving ministry. Unapologetic about it. Uh, Thriving ministry here in West Palm Beach called The Collective. And I am recently, within the past six months, uh, become an entrepreneur. I've launched my own business. It's a consulting business. It is specifically an organizational health consulting business. And so I'm helping companies transform their leadership, their company culture, all of those things that contribute to a healthy organization. And so I believe that that is my way of bringing the kingdom into the marketplace. And so those are the things that I'm doing. That is who I am. That's where I'm from. Awesome. And to all my listeners out there, um, there may be some terms that may be new. Um, and and uh, I would, uh, would encourage you, uh, you know, when we ultimately it's, it's, it's allowing God's kingdom or just hosting God's kingdom and in and, and the area specifically of business. So we may use the word business or marketplace or marketplace ministry and we may use these terms interchangeably so for those that are listening and you're like well, marketplace ministry may be a new concept but it's something um, that uh, it may be new um, to you uh, but it's it's definitely something uh, that is that is wonderful now Kyle marketplace ministry you know when I think of ministry growing up I I, I grew up in church but my concept of ministry, and I feel like many of us that are that are really listening right now are in the same boat um, at a certain degree. When I think of ministry, I think of automatically preacher, microphone, um, Sunday school groups, okay? Mm. Um, and so this concept of marketplace ministry, yeah. uh, ministry in the arena of Business. Yeah. That was something that was new to me, foreign to me. Yeah. And I didn't even know was possible. So let's let's just like kind of set a foundation. Um, is ministry, twofold questionnaire, is ministry only exclusive within the context of the quote unquote church? Um and what do we mean when we are saying marketplace ministry? So it's a twofold question. Is, is it confined to the, only the church? No. I'm going to say my answer straight out is no. <laughs> okay. okay. I don't think that it is. And I think it has been the mm-hmm. great mistake of the Western church mm-hmm. to present to people the paradigm in which the the ministers or the Laymen and the uh, the official ministers of the church are the ones responsible for the work of ministry, quote unquote. That's that's been a big lie. Uh, the church really is only responsible in terms of church leadership and ministers. Uh, Ephesians four, and they are responsible for equipping mm. the saints. Saints being believers, obviously. So hopefully mm. those of you listening, it, they're responsible for equipping them for the work of ministry. Mm. And so those of you that aren't on staff at a church, those of you that aren't traditional ministers, where do you spend 40 hours a week? Oh, wow. You spend it in the marketplace, wow. right? Wow. You spend, and I dare to say, you spend more time with your coworkers and you spend more time with people uh, in the marketplace than you do potentially your own family. Wow. And so that's, it's not a sad reality. It's just a true reality, right? right? Mm-hmm. This is the culture that we live in. We live in a westernized society where you have to have a job and, and a lot of culture and a lot of every, a lot of focus and everything that we do is really centered around where do you work? How do you earn your money? Right? Yeah. And so I would say 99% of people in our culture, in our Western society, they're in the marketplace. Mm. I would say 1% is in the church, Mm. right? And so it's unrealistic that the 1% 
would be the ones that evangelize the whole world, right? (laughs) It's actually your responsibility as a believer, and the Bible supports this greatly, that you would go out into your sphere of influence, you would go out into the marketplace, quote-unquote, your workplace, your occupation, your job, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, wherever you are that you're spending that amount of time, whether it's 40 hours a week or less or even more, you're spending that time you're investing your time there, and guess what? If you're a believer, man, you're called to change those systems. You're called to bring the kingdom into those systems. And so uh, when I think about ministry, I think that it's not exclusive to the church. And when I think about the purpose of ministers, it is to equip the Christians, is to equip the the Christians to go out into the marketplace, to go out into the systems of this world, the place that mm-hmm. they invest mm-hmm. their time in and really see uh, people come to Jesus, really see the kingdom come. So that's what I think, man, when I think about kingdom marketplace, when I think about marketplace ministry, these concepts, these ideas that we're going to discuss today. And, you know, it's so powerful, um, as you alluded to Ephesians 4, and we're looking at it right now, Ephesians 4.11, as it says that it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure and the fullness of Christ. And so, you know, I I think that there is a beauty in that because I, many of my listeners are from, you know, um, that are from Generation Z, you know, so they're like the high school up and coming and a little bit younger and then millennial generations. And I feel as though that because of the misconception of ministry, if we're not careful, there are a lot of young adults and new generations that are rising up. That's like, well, I'm not called to be a preacher. Hmm. I'm not I'm not called to to be behind a pulpit. I enjoy business but i guess i'm not involved in ministry because i'm involved in business which we would say is a misconception because you yes you may be called to business and that may be your area of influence but that area of influence can also be an area to also minister to those systems and to those people groups i would say it has to be wow i would say Mm -hmm. that it absolutely has to be i would say wake up call if you're a Christian, if you claim to be a Christian, then you are called to ministry unconditionally. And that's not a workspace thing. That's not a performance thing. I think that can only come out of the overflow of relationship with Jesus. And so if you're a Christian, then you should be cultivating relationship with Jesus. You should be spending time in a secret place. And as a result of that, wherever you go, whether you're in the marketplace or not, Uh, And what I mean by that is whether you're at work or you're not at work, then there should be stuff pouring out of you. The love of God should be coming out of you. The fruit of the Holy Spirit should be coming out of you. And so by nature and by default, when you are spending your 40 hours a week at a workplace, you know, at a job, in the marketplace, quote unquote, there is stuff that needs to be manifesting. There is stuff that needs to be coming out of you. You should have coworkers who have problems or who have issues and you should be a strong rock for them. You should be able to bring joy to them. You should be able to bring hope and peace to them. You should be able to bring healing to them, right? And that's not, again, I want to stress, not a works-based thing, not a performance thing. It's an overflow of the relationship that you have with Jesus. And so, yeah, you're called to ministry. And so, by doing those things, by allowing those things to flow out of you, you are consequently changing the atmosphere of the place that you're in. Wow. And so if you're changing the atmosphere of the place that you're in, then you're seeing the kingdom manifested, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? It's being done right there in your workplace. And and I don't I don't think that you need to have a career. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think when they hear the term marketplace ministry, they think of people that have careers where they're investing their lives into and they're trying to 
climb a corporate ladder and become a manager or, or get promoted or whatever it may be. No, this could be your wow. this could be your three days a week part time job while you're in school, mm. right? This could be your I don't need a job. I just work on the weekends for a little extra cash type of scenario, right? Mm. This is not something that's meant for the working class or once you yeah. graduate college and you get headlong into some sort of career. No, this is for everybody in all seasons of life. And even if you're not uh, necessarily explicitly in the marketplace, even if you're in school, let's say you're in college. If you're in college, you're in college because you're looking to get into the marketplace nine times out of ten, mm. right? Mm. Maybe you're going to school for some philosophy degree or some sort of theological degree, but you're training, right, to go into the marketplace. You're learning concepts and ideas that are going to qualify you to go into the marketplace, and there's no better place to go ahead and start cultivating your influence and cultivating your voice Mm -hmm. than right there in that classroom. So please, when you hear us talk about marketplace ministry, don't dismiss it and say, oh, I'm not in the marketplace yet. Mm -hmm. You're in the systems of this world right now. Mm. Right, and so whether you have a job or not, you, you can participate in this quote-unquote marketplace ministry. You know, um, I don't know where this phrase came from, uh, but we would uh, hear this phrase: secular versus sacred. Mm. If I'm working in a pastoral position or a position of any capacity in a context of a church or a non-for-profit ministry, it's sacred work. Mm. If I work at uh, Apple, if I work at um, Best Buy, which I'm not sponsored by them, but if you would like to sponsor me because I name-dropped you, you're more than welcome to do so. (laughs) (laughs) But they would say that is secular. Right. What, What are your thoughts on that? Is there, as a believer, is that a thing? Do we, do we, is there a secular versus sacred uh, type of reality that we live in and that we're involved in. So therefore, if I work for these said major corporations, these for-profit corporations, it's secular. Yeah, I think it's a paradigm. Okay. I don't think it's a truth. I think it's a paradigm that you either choose to accept or you don't accept. And so... If you work in the secular quote-unquote world and you don't work in the religious sphere of influence working for a ministry or a parachurch organization, uh, we tend to deem classically that as the secular uh, world. And that is such a garbage lie, I think, mm. right? Let me give you, I'm a storyteller, and yep. so I'd love to just tell you a story. I worked for a company, I'm not going to say where, but I worked for a company for years. And... I saw yeah. all kinds of opportunities come out of that. I got to pray with coworkers from anything for praying for their children to praying for their anxiety to be calm to praying for physical healing. Wow. Uh, I got to minister in a lot of different ways. But maybe the coolest thing that ever happened is the owner of the company approached me one day. Mm. And I want to stress to you that I was not in some sort of high position. In fact, <laughs> Within the company, I I was probably the lowest position that you could be within this company. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about dead last, bottom of the totem pole, right? I was not anybody significant by any means. But the owner of the company Mm -hmm. recognized something on me, and I would dare to say that it's not any personality trait or characteristic that I possess. I would dare to say that she whether she realized it or not, became aware of the Holy Spirit that was on me. And she was drawn to it and attracted to it. And so she approached me. And I really want to stress, I wasn't, like, I was the equivalent Mm. of, like, a janitor, right? Like, Mm. this is how lowly my position within this company was. I was not somebody of influence, right? Mm. And so she comes to me one day and she says, Kyle, I've been thinking our company needs a set of, of core values for... Uh, for our company handbook and and to kind of assist in creating the company culture and also as a standard for our biannual reviews for the performance reviews of the employees. And she says, I I can't think of a better person than you to implement this stuff, to create this stuff. Additionally, I would love it. Uh, I want our company to move into the sphere of 
charitable giving and donating uh, funds to different charities. She said, I would love for you to be the person that spearheads all of this. Please keep in mind, I'm the equivalent of a janitor. I mean, there are people that are high up in this company that, I mean, would have been the better quote-unquote pick. Right, and if wow. you look at qualifications, if you look at what they were doing within the organization, I still to this day couldn't tell you why she chose me, but she did. And I, and I would, I would say, looking in hindsight, that it had to be the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. highlighting me in a way because, again, like a janitor, pretty yeah. much, right. And so she comes to me and presents this opportunity to me, and boom, in that moment, I, I was confident. I wow. knew. I, first off, yes. Yes, I would love and welcome the opportunity to create a set of core values that would in turn affect the company culture and that would go into the company handbook and that would affect the biannual performance reviews of all of the employees. Yes, I welcome the opportunity to create and implement a giving strategy so that we can become uh, charitable givers within the community. Yes, absolutely, but more important than that, what I saw was an opportunity for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. It was a setup, right? She asks me if I want to create the core values for her company. And so, yeah, sure, that sounds secular at first, but if you think about it, immediately I go home and I get into the secret place. Holy Spirit, I love you. Wow. What is it that you want the core values of this company to be. And so that's exactly how the core values of that company were birthed in the secret place. Prophetically, he's given me these different things and they're not overly religious. We're Uh talking about Mm -hmm. honor. We're talking about communication. We're talking about respect. These are things that anybody could probably pull out of thin air for a core value. But it was the explanation behind each value that really added it really the definition of each value which which added the kingdom perspective and so all of a sudden you have a quote-unquote secular company that has no religious affiliation whatsoever but I'm in the company and I'm just a believer right wow. I'm just a believer there's nothing crazy significant about my life but all of a sudden now I'm the gateway for the kingdom to invade this company and so now every single employee is having a biannual meaning twice a year their performance is reviewed and the standard for that review are the six core values that the Holy Spirit gave me and so wow. the standard for the company culture is now the six core values that the company gave me and I didn't have to preach it I didn't have to go in there and kick the door down and say hey guys guess what the Holy Spirit gave me that you all have to adhere to now Mm. no of course not right Mm. that that would be arrogant and I would probably get my privileges and my opportunity revoked Mm -hmm. if I were to go in there and do that but here it is man here's the gospel here's the kingdom penetrating into the marketplace without me having to say a word about it and there's this prophetic act that as the employees of a company, of any company, would normally adopt a core mm-hmm. value system in any company that you, you go to. There's an expectation that empl- that employees would adopt a core value system. Now you have all of my coworkers adopting the core value system that mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit gave me. And so now they're getting the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their lives without me having to preach to them. Now they're getting the kingdom in their lives, right? And so we take it even further. She goes and and she says she wants me to implement and develop and implement a giving strategy so that we can become active in charitable giving to nonprofits in the region, right? So what is it? Once again, what did I do? Holy Spirit, how do you want me to navigate this? And he said, there are spheres of influence, Kyle, within society that I want to see revival come to, right? And so if you would just pick four of those spheres of influence and that you would direct her money that she's given you the opportunity to have a say in, if you would direct your money to those, sorry, her money to those spheres of influence, you could begin to see revival come without ever having to preach or say a word about it. And so I picked four spheres of influence. I picked education, I picked art, I picked medicine and I picked uh, business. And so we began to implement a giving strategy to take 
a certain percentage, I don't want to say what, but a certain percentage of the annual income that the business made, and we would distribute it evenly to different organizations that were involved in these spheres of influence. So if there was a there was a business within the sphere of influence of education, very practically this looks like a school. All of a sudden now we've created a scholarship fund for a semester for a student for a specific school within the region. And so now there's a student who maybe is gone without or has, has less resources than the average student and they're being sponsored and they're being given a partial or full tuition all because the Holy Spirit prompted me to say, hey, let's pick these four areas of influence and let's concentrate and focus our charitable giving on these. And so now you see the gospel going forth out from the marketplace into the community. And I never had to preach a message in my life. I just had to be faithful to the secret place. I just had to be faithful to hearing his voice and then boldly going in and saying, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what you asked me to do. And this is the plan that I've come up with. And so let's move forward in action in those areas. You know, there's brokenness all around us. And, you know, we're using the word ministry um, because um, there are broken there are broken systems that obviously involve broken people. Um, now, I'm not a business major. I, I'm not really, really versed. But I think it is healthy to say that in business overall, there are unethical things that occur. There are unhealthy, unjust things that occur. So um, can you speak to, we are children of God, to those that are, that, that, that are followers of Jesus, those that feel called to either start a business or influence a business or corporation that they're currently in. I think your 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 story is powerful. It's a powerful illustration, and and I really do hope that that those that are in the same shoes that you are can really glean from all that you've just said. But how can we um, essentially minister to the brokenness that is in business? Because you would agree that there are unjust, there are broken systems that are out there, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, and and um, you know, I, I I'm not too versed, but I've I've heard things about um, like fair trade or you know diff different um, mechanisms where people that they're thinking about okay, I want to do a business, but I want to make sure that if I'm doing a business and 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 someone is producing a product that I'm paying them a fair wage, you know, or mm. a reasonable wage, right. you know, um, and knowing that I'm not just uh, trying to produce numbers, but I'm also in relationship with people. So I, I would love to you to, to, for you to kind of get involved. None of those are very <laughs> layered question, but essentially um, there's brokenness. How can we invite heaven into the brokenness of business. Yeah, I love that. And mm -hmm. so there's brokenness everywhere you go because everywhere you go there are people with conflicting worldviews, conflicting ideologies, right? The, the way that they think business should be done. A lot of people, a lot of brokenness stems from the concept of the rat race. You have oh. co-workers that you're in the, in the marketplace with and they're looking to get ahead. And so why am I saying this, right? Why am I talking about the rat race and people trying to climb the corporate ladder? What I'm telling you is that in this system where people are implementing broken ideas and the system as a result is becoming broken because of that, there are offenses that are going to occur naturally. And I would say one of the best ways to see systems of brokenness change is by recognizing that you're going to get offended, mm. right? And instead of allowing that offense to prevail, you decide within yourself, I don't care what my employee, my, my fellow uh, co-workers are doing. I don't care what their behavior is. I don't care how they might try to slander or slight me in their pursuit 
of a promotion or they're in, in their pursuit of getting a raise or in their pursuit of trying to make themselves look better than me, I have decided within myself that I refuse to hold any offense against them and instead I choose to bless them and even forgive them and I mean this unconditionally. And I'm going to tell you, man, you're going to be tested in this, right? Because there's yeah. going to be people that are going to step on you. They're going to try and make you look bad, right? They're going to try and tarnish your reputation. They might even try to get you fired because it bodes well for them in the in terms of a promotion or in terms of a raise or in terms of gaining responsibility or clout, right? And so your ability to say, I refuse to be offended and your ability to say, I unconditionally meaning that there's nothing that they could do to earn my forgiveness, but I'm giving it to them anyway. If you unconditionally wow. forgive them, that it it opens the door for the kingdom to come into the marketplace. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so yeah. those are some of the ways I think that practically on a foundational level, you are going to deal in a kingdom-minded way or, or in a loving way, you're going to deal with the systems of brokenness and you're going to even repair the systems of brokenness. Well, Kyle, I'm not a doormat. Well, I'm not telling you to be a doormat. I'm saying trust that there are prophetic implications to the actions of you refusing to partner with offense. Trust that there are prophetic implications to you forgiving unconditionally. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so that's just one way that I think you overcome the systems of brokenness that are in the workplace, in the marketplace. I think the next is starting to look for opportunities to just say, God, how can your kingdom come? Can you give me strategies Right, And so I believe that the Holy Spirit is passionate about releasing to his sons and daughters strategies on how to change and how to implement new systems that are productive, that don't function in brokenness. And they can come into the marketplace and they can change the entire way of doing something within an organization. They can change entire paradigms that people have possessed for years or decades. The Holy Spirit wants to give you strategies for business specifically. And so, again, foundationally, that starts in the secret place because if you don't know what God's voice sounds like, if you're not familiar with Him, then there's no way that you're going to be able to take uh, something like what He would speak. Like, you, There's no way that you're going to be able to take His voice that you would be unfamiliar with from not spending time with him. And then all of a sudden, hey, I'm going to bring that into the marketplace. It doesn't work like that. If you want to be effective in the marketplace, if you want to see systems of brokenness transformed, then it has to start in the secret place. But I would say this because I would I would dare to say if you're listening to the World Changers podcast that you're likely mature in your faith, you likely spend time in the secret place, then I would say this to you. Start believing that God is going to speak to you specifically as it relates to your organization, to the marketplace, the portion of the marketplace that you're involved in, and start looking for redemptive solutions. Wow. What Practically, what does that look like? Okay, here's a problem. Our organization is encountering a problem. Okay, everyone else is probably going to be brainstorming. How do we tackle this problem? What are the five-step process that we need to come up with in order to uh, in order to overcome this situation, right? And that's great. And God bless them for being proactive about trying to find solutions. But I would say to you that if you were to step away from that table of people brainstorming and you were to just turn inward for a moment and you were to say, God, I believe that you care right now about what's going on here within this organization. Would you give me the strategy? And then not only would you give me the strategy, but would you give me the faith and the boldness to speak it out? Right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, again, I'm a storyteller. And this is like a very, very short, uh, brief example. But I want to... I want to... I want to tell this story because I think it kind of highlights what I'm trying to convey. Uh, I, I worked at an interior design company once, and it was policy. I mean, I don't know how to 
convey to you other than just to tell you, and you have to just trust me. It was policy mm -hmm. that when we brought in wallpaper for one of the clients, uh, that it was one of the last things to be installed in the home of the client. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you yeah. can't really do wallpaper and all that stuff until you've got furniture moved in, until construction is over, right? Because the chance of construction workers or movers or anything like that any people like that damaging the wallpaper was greatly increased right mm -hmm. and so you wanted that wallpaper to be preserved and you wanted it to be one of the last things and so uh, that goes into a house and so one day we had one of the interior designers call us up and she's like hey we can't find the wallpaper where's mm -hmm. the wallpaper at mm -hmm. and we're like well, it should be here in the warehouse because yeah. this project that you're referring to that this wallpaper is set aside for, it's not even close to being done. It's still in the construction phase. And so it has to be here in the warehouse. All right, right. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it, there's no other option. We, <laughs> it's, it's against policy for it to be anywhere else. And so it has to be here. And so everybody went into freak out mode because we're talking about thousands of dollars worth of wallpaper, right? Yeah. And so everyone's in freak out mode. They're all running around. Where could this wallpaper be? It got, it, where's the 10 different places that it could be? Everybody's coming up um, with, with like different answers. Oh, it could be here. It could be there. It could be at this place. It could be at that place. And everybody's running around looking for the solution to the problem. And they're coming up empty handed, right? Mm -hmm. And the one place that it absolutely should not have been was at the client's house. And it was so much so should it not have been at the client's house that it wasn't even considered as an option that it might be there because this would be blatantly against policy. I'm stressing that for a reason, right? It's just not on the table that this wallpaper would be at the client's house. Well, everybody's running around looking for the solution and I decide, you know what? The Holy Spirit can show me where this wallpaper is, hmm. right? He wants to be involved. He wants, I'm his son. He wants to speak to me and I know how to hear his voice and he wants to bring solutions to the marketplace. And so I stepped wow. back from the table where everybody's trying to figure out where this wallpaper is. And I turned inwardly and I said, Holy Spirit, I trust you. And I know that you want to speak to me. So will you show me where this wallpaper is? And I immediately got a picture in my mind's eye right mm -hmm. and so we're diving a little bit into the prophetic here but I get a picture in my mind's eye of the wallpaper and I see it sitting inside the sitting right inside the window of a house not the house not the clients house but it was almost like a cartoon picture I saw like a window seal right and I saw like a window and looking into the house from outside the window I saw the wallpaper leaning up against the wall and I said Holy Spirit what are you trying to say to me and I feel like he said, I'm showing you the picture of a house and the wallpaper is in a house. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what house would it be in? And he's like, it's in the client's house. Mm -hmm. And I go to the designer and I say to the designer, hey, I think that the wallpaper that you're looking for that is lost is in the client's house. And again, remember, I said, this is against policy. It's against operating standards. It, there's no reason mm -hmm. under any circumstances that it should be there. So much so is this answer unacceptable to her that she dismisses my answer, which I told you just now I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me, right? And so she said, absolutely not, Kyle. There's no way on earth that that wallpaper is at the client's house. And so I said, okay, all right, I guess we'll have to see. And so she goes around for several more hours exhausting options trying to figure out where this wallpaper is at until she finally has no choice but to listen to what I said and she goes to the client's house which is still under construction and finds the wallpaper there wow. right where I said it would be and so what's the point of that whole story it's that God gave wow. me a solution to a problem that rose up in the marketplace and it was as easy as me turning inwardly and listening to his voice and I want to tell you whatever circumstance whatever situation whatever issue whatever problem whatever challenge it is that is coming up in your workplace and your marketplace God wants to give you a solution for it and he will give you a solution for it if you will take but a second and step away from 
the rat race and step away from the negotiation table and say I've got a better I've got a better way I've got somebody who knows the ultimate answer who knows the best solution to the problem and you turn inward and you say God I trust you I'm your son I'm your daughter give me the solution and then when it comes man be bold be bold as a lion and step out and say hey I have the answer to our problem and say it and guess what it's it might be so radical it might be so from heaven that it would seem unnatural or it would seem unorthodox but if you stand by it if you commit yourself to it then you're gonna see a solution come forth there's a reason that it's called the creativity of heaven right rather than your own creativity rather than your own answer it's the creativity of heaven it's not going to at first make natural sense to man but if man adopts it it will prove to be the ultimate solution to the problem wow wow Kyle I'm gonna uh, we're gonna do two more things I'm gonna give you a list of names and I want you to think of uh, names of people one word to describe the said person Ready? Yeah. Chris Valentine. <laughs> okay, one word to describe Chris Valentine. Uh, unapologetic. <laughs> Steve Jobs. Creative. Elon Musk. A dreamer. Dr. Miles Monroe. Kingdom. The Apostle Paul. Pioneer. Jesus. Friend. Kyle, before we go, I um I I'm just guys, I'm just absolutely fired up. <laughs> um and I'll say this, um I I want to end off in a time and I don't do this often, but I really feel like this is so necessary and so needed. I wanna end off in a in a in a in a one minute prayer to to really activate yeah and by those who are listening i mean activate i mean to enable and to empower you to go and to do and this is very biblical now Mm. to go and to do these good works yeah you said the phrase and i've i had to write this down i was taking notes as you were talking and if you guys haven't please re-listen to this as often as you can redemptive solutions yeah I, I've never heard that phrase before, and I think it's absolutely uh, a, a, a powerful phrase. And I'm not trying to get all theological, but in, at the end of the, of the day, when we get to Revelations, there's a redemption of not only mankind, but all of the systems of all of the creation, right? Where Revelation says that the kingdoms yeah. of this world are the kingdom of God, where literally... Not just people, but systems are ultimately being, and when I use the word redeemed, I mean reclaimed, recaptured, right back into the original design hmm. to which God had set it out for. So good. I'm understanding from this conversation, we've talked biblically, we've talked theologically, we've talked even practically, that there is still invitation from heaven to us oh, yeah. where God is inviting us come on to receive those divine strategies it's not like God is distant or God is foreign or God is telling us to run away yeah but he's inviting us to it and um again this is a completely unfiltered unedited uh <laughs> podcast and Kyle did not ask me to do this but I'm going to say this because I believe this about him is that this is missions. Yeah. It, 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 not all missions is necessarily a hut in a wilderness in a remote location. That is needed. That is necessary. But corporate is a mission field. Yeah. It's a harvest field, y'all. Yeah. It's a place where Jesus is so needed and so wanted. And Kyle, in, in, in many of his ways, um, he may not call himself that, but as, as a brother in Christ, I see him as a sent one wow. into the business arena. And so sometimes 
our mission may be the hut, the inner city, families, medical uh, areas. But sometimes it's getting suited up to walk into a corporate environment and bringing forth the truth and the kingdom of God. We're not saying you need to be superstitious and we're not saying you need to compromise, but there is divine strategies. I, I'm thinking of Daniel in the Bible. Mm. I'm thinking of of the of the Hebrew young men and, and so many other, the women of the New Testament that were so strategic in their involvement in, in getting strategies, whether it be political strategies or whether it be business strategies, so that the kingdom of God can come and get involved. Kyle, I, I, I would love for you here in this last moment of the podcast to uh, say any final statement that you would have to say, but end off in a time of just activation yeah. for go. Here, here we are. We, we are literally worldwide yeah. in this season of the send where we're yeah. sending people out we are and there are some people and I, and I literally see this it's so crazy you're talking about I'm telling you when you get around prophetic people you just start <laughs> getting into some really 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 wonderful but dangerous territory and I, I literally see people at a starting line Kyle hmm. right now yeah. where people listening to me in this podcast are at the the, like almost of a race. Now it's not a rat race, but this is the the, the the race that Paul was talking about. That I'm pushing ahead, and I'm not competing in, to those that are to to those that are next to me or those behind me. I, I have a goal. Yeah. I have a mission, and I'm going to do what I can according to to Paul's wor- word to pursue the higher calling. We're not talking about the rat race. Yeah. We're talking about the journey with God. And I literally see an imagery of our listeners literally at the starting line. They're in position ready and i really feel like this is the time to say go so any concluding statement that you have and just go right into prayer man yeah all right so for all of you guys listening this is from acts chapter 3 verse 21 in the passion translation it says for he he meaning jesus must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things has taken place, mm-hmm. fulfilling everything that God said long ago through his holy prophets. And so what I'm telling you is, is that Jesus isn't coming back until there is a restoration of all things, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you believe the original intention that God laid forth in the Bible for humanity is that we, as sons and daughters connected in relationship with Him, would subdue the earth and have dominion and authority over the earth, right? Mm. You guys with me? Then what I'm saying is that Jesus is not coming back until we understand that a mandate in the marketplace and a mandate in the other spheres of influence that we have access to is taken seriously and we begin to cultivate and dream with God about how to implement redemptive strategies uh, starts to take place and not only takes place but starts to redeem entire systems, right? That Jesus is not coming back. And so when you say that the marketplace is a mission field, it quite literally is a mission field. We talk all the time about unreached people groups. And we talk about all the time about going to the nations of the earth to make sure that the gospel is preached. But one of the most secular places that you can ever go, one of the most unheard of places for the gospel to penetrate into is the American corporate structure because it tries to deny the things of God. And I'm telling you that it needs to be reached. There are people that are dying there. There are people that might as well have never heard the gospel because the pursuit of their Mm. life is money, cars, clothes, promotion, status. It has nothing to do with their identity in Christ. It has nothing to do with the position of their soul, and it has nothing to do with the kingdom. And so Jesus is remaining in heaven until there has been a restoration of all things, guys. And all things is not just, and I'm not downing it, but it's not just us taking the gospel to the nations. That's an incredible calling. And if you feel called to missions in that manner and in that way, go. I send you out. I bless you to go and do that. But if you don't feel called to that, then you are called to some sphere of influence, wherever it is you live, wherever it is that you work, whoever it is that you spend your 
your time with, you're called to them. You're called to manifest the kingdom. You're called to demonstrate the kingdom to them. And so I just bless you right now. Go ahead and as you're listening, just hold your hands out in a receiving posture. I bless you to be a restorer in Jesus' name. I just prophesy a mandate of restoration on your life. I thank you for redemptive strategies, God, that you're releasing to the listeners of this podcast right now, God, that they would begin to have their ears open in a way that they've never been open before. God, that their eyes would be opened in a way that they've never been opened before. God, that their tongue would be loose and they would have the yes, boldness God. and the ability to speak the word of the Lord in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that there are redemptive ones that are coming forth in this season, God, that they're thank at the starting Jesus. line and they're waiting for the gun to blow. And I just say right now in Jesus' name that this podcast is the gun blowing at the starting line and they can start their race and they can run with excellence and they can understand when there's a time to navigate and a time to make a turn or when there's a time to avoid an obstacle or to jump over an obstacle. God, that you would equip them with every good and perfect gift that comes from above like your word says. Listen, guys, the Bible says that you have access to the mind of Christ. And so I prophesy that over you as you go to the workplace, as you go to your schools, as you come home to your families. In Jesus' name, that the mind of Christ would permeate into every aspect of your life and that you would be bold to speak the word of the Lord in proclamation in Jesus' name. Amen. Kyle, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, thank you so very much for being a part of the World Changers uh, podcast. Um, How can people keep in touch with you? Yeah, there's uh, several different ways. You can find me on Facebook. It's Kyle Patrick Whitmire. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's kwitem21, K-W-I-T-E-M 21. You can find me on LinkedIn, which is Kyle Patrick Whitmire. And you can go to my website, which is www.k, the letter K, Whitmire, my last name, W-H-I-T-M-I-R-E, consulting.com. Those are the different ways that you can connect with me. Uh, Again, I am a consultant. I'm an organizational health consultant. So if anyone listening is a CEO or a business owner and you're saying, hey, I need help transforming my company culture and my leadership, I would love to partner with you in that way. Visit my website, email me. These are the different ways that you can get in touch with me. Again, on Instagram, I'm happy to connect. That's probably the best way to connect with me on social media is Instagram. Send me a direct message and we will chat. Kyle, thank you so very much, man. This has been an absolute joy and privilege. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the World Changers Podcast. Do yourself and your world a favor and share this to almost anybody and everybody because this is revolutionizing information, nuggets, and just the impartation that's coming along with this. Um, This is outside of our usual time frame, but this was so needed and so necessary for everyone out there. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the World Changers Podcast. Let's get up, let's get out, and let's change our world.